How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Matt Wyrick, who is the CEO and founder of Reallink. They're actually doing some really, really amazing things. Blew up in 2020. Uh, basically, you founded it over nine years ago, and they're on a mission to make multifamily touring, leasing, and communication real and transparent and able to leverage it virtually. Matt's got a background in being management consulting, is in the Midwest, just like myself, so you can't go wrong with that. Matt, happy, happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Appreciate it, Ryan. Excited to join you. Yeah, man. I, um, I like your backstory, man, because you it, it's... You bootstrapped for a long time, took on minimal investment, and you just made it work. And so I appreciate your grit and tenacity in terms of doing that. But just so everybody has a quick understanding of where you're at in the journey, let's do a real quick revenue rundown. So where are you guys at in terms of your ARR? Yep. So currently a little north of five, pushing to six million ARR. Okay. Awesome. What's your primary revenue growth go-to-market strategy? Yeah. So we are, from a sector standpoint, focused on multifamily space, property management companies. And from a go-to-market standpoint, we are running a lot of demand gen campaigns, trying to bring in the inbound qualified leads and opportunities, but also very heavy from an outbound sales standpoint of a lot of in-person meetings, a lot of conferences, a lot of uh, a lot of the physical touch with uh, our stakeholders and um, clients in the industry. But uh, primary is actually land and expand. So I know I'm all over the place on that, but um, from a from a primary growth standpoint, we really work to get our foot in the door with a client uh, in a handful of their properties and then expand across their portfolio from there. That is our, our number one go-to-market growth strategy. So. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that are in the real estate space, and uh, it seems like there's a conference going on every other day. So I, 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 I don't know what it is with those real estate folks. Like I have all different areas. So can you walk us through your solution really quick in a couple sentences? Yep, absolutely. Reallink at its most basic is a sales enablement solution for leasing teams. It allows them to create their own pre-recorded video tours, host live video tours, virtual open houses, Anything to, to facilitate that leasing conversation in a real, raw, authentic way. Okay, excellent. And then what about your team size? Like how, how many folks do you have on your team? Yep, we are right at the 50 mark team-wise. Okay, awesome. Good size. And then do you have any funding? Are you bootstrapped? Yeah, pretty lean from that standpoint. Our last round of funding was back in 2016. That was a, a seed round of funding. And then before that, friends and family. So we've only done a couple rounds of funding uh, total, less than $2 million capital in on the business. Uh, we did do a private equity uh, growth round in 2020 with Susquehanna Growth Equity. Um, and uh, we, we were able to provide a nice outcome for prior investors and really bring on a partner to help us scale and grow the business moving forward. Excellent. Well, it's good that you took the lean approach. Obviously, you preserve equity by doing that, right? So um, so what about your journey, man? How, how did you kind of get to this point? I know you started off in the managing consulting world, management consulting world, right? And then progressed. So can you just walk us through that so everybody has some context on how you got to this point where you're, you know, you're 5 million, 5, 6 million-ish, and then looking to continue to scale? 
Yeah, it was one of those stories. Um, entrepreneurial idea felt from the consumer pain point side of things. And of course, you always have to investigate that to identify, is there someone who's willing to pay for the solution for this? And so uh, I, when I was moving from Purdue to Chicago, drove up there six weekends in a row, looked at over 40 different properties in person. And it was just a very painful process. And granted, I'm a little particular about real estate. I've always been passionate about it, wanted to be an architect, all that stuff. So I'm sure I wasn't the easiest buyer. But um, what I realized was the only way to see the exact unit that I was going to be leasing was to physically show up in person. And that was the pain point that I really originally wanted to solve for is how can you instill this authentic, transparent leasing experience virtually for people who either can't show up in person or constrained time-wise, distance-wise, things like that. And so sat on the idea for a little bit and that just kept popping up in my life. As a consultant, you're on the road every single week. And so that that pain point just kept coming up. And so finally dove in, um, Had my met my co-founder at Accenture as well. He clicked with the pain point, saw the opportunity. And early on, we, we were actually pursuing single family for sale side of the industry, partnering with brokerages, Keller Williams, Better Homes and Garden, Caldwell Banker, people like that. Um, and it just was not sticking. And um, kind of didn't have buyers. Brokerages didn't want to pay for technology for their agents. Agents didn't want to pay for technology. And so well, I always say product market fit smacked us in the face. And that was when our first multifamily properties launched on the platform. And it was just night and day engagement, usage, ROI, everything. We had a clear identification of all of the bands, the decision makers and all of that. And so it, it was just uh, overnight, we put everything else aside and went all in on, on the multifamily space. And uh, here we are seven years later from that point in time. And uh, um, it, it's really been interesting how it's evolved over that time, but also how true we are to that original pain point and solving for that in the space. That's, I mean, that's awesome. So congrats on breaking through. However, like, I guess my question for you is one of the hardest things that people run into is figuring out that product market fit. And you said it slapped you in the face. So what was that process and journey like in terms of figuring it out? And then how did you know, like you nailed it at that point and what happened? Yeah. So my co-founder and I, we talk about this all the time. Those early years for the business, those are the hardest years. They are the, the gloomy, poor entrepreneur years. My, my co-founder and I, we actually went two years without an income. I was cleaning ATMs as a gig worker to just have some sort of money coming in. And uh, when I would be at a low point, Ani, my co-founder, he would remind me of some glimmer of hope for us to cling to and keep pushing forward. And when he was at a low point, I would have a glimmer of hope to keep him pulling through. And so we, I, I literally, the company would not be here if I didn't have my co-founder. We had each other to lean on through that period because it really was just an exercise of endurance and perseverance to get to that inflection point. And uh, um, for the product market fit, it was really just uh, um, continuing to network, continuing to branch out, listen to 
different people with different ideas. And there was a lot of noise. It's hard in those early years to, to understand like what is valuable to pursue and what is just noise and not valuable. And that's, that's the hard part. And thankfully it, when we did uh, launch our first three multifamily properties in Chicago, it wasn't noise any longer. It, it was like, it was magical music. Like it, it, it was just completely, it, clear as day that this was something to lean into and pursue. And it's not that the ocean parted and everything was the easiest, clearest path forward at that point. Um, it actually took us uh, from that point forward. It, it took us about four years to hit 1 million ARR pursuing the multifamily space. And so it's not like we saw instant success pursuing it. We were the new guys in the space. We had to learn the industry. We had to forge relationships. We had to figure out the go-to-market strategy, the messaging that clicks. So it's not, it wasn't, wasn't a clear, easy path forward, but finding the product market fit was one of the single biggest inflection points for sure. I'm sure it was a bit of a relief too, right? <laughs> You're sure like, all right, we got something finally. So, so how long did it take you to, so it took you four years to get to a million and then how many years from there did it take you to get to where you're at now? Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned in the intro, um, 2020 was a crazy year uh, and the company blew up in that year. I mean, our, our product at its most basic is a virtual leasing solution and these leasing offices closed overnight because of COVID. And so Instantly, our sales process went from having to convince them why they need our technology to here you are, <laughs> like this is your option, and like instant market validation of why the industry needed Reallink. And so, uh, we actually ended up growing about four hundred fifty percent in twenty twenty, um, and went from one to four plus. And uh, like I said, now we're pushing that six million threshold, and so. The, the 2020 growth curve did not continue at that tick through 2021 and things like that, but we're still on a more normalized growth trajectory uh, for our team, our size and things like that. So yeah, one to four happened. So it took us four plus years to hit one. And then to go from one to four was, I think, uh, I think about seven, eight months, something like that. Wow. That's crazy. It's crazy. Cause it, it's, it's, um, there's another founder, Chris Ronzio, I was talking to, and um, he's from Trainual, and it took him 10 years to get to a million in ARR at one of his companies, his original company. And then the second time he did it, I think he got to 30 million in four years. <laughs> so he's just like, I learned so much the first time through of what to do, what not to do. Uh, and obviously there's inflection points, right? That So that's, that's encouraging to hear that seven, eight months you made that big jump and you had some trends to support you. Right. Or, um, but we, but I'm sure, you know, like you got to take the good with the bad, right there. I'm sure there's stuff working against you when you're trying to go uphill, when you're cleaning ATMs, I've never heard anybody doing that before. So uh, props to you, man, for just finding a way and figuring something out to like kind of weather the storm, you know? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, there are so many, so many lessons learned uh, over the last nine years of doing this journey. I mean, if I were to do it all over again, it would be done very differently. That's that's for sure. Because um, you you learn so much. I remember when we were raising our two rounds of funding, the friends and family and the seed round. I, I remember back then I heard from 
so many VCs that they were investing in so-and-so. And uh, I would look at that person they were investing in and it was a napkin based idea, no product, nothing. And they were getting millions in funding and it infuriated me. Well, what they had, they were a third time entrepreneur. They'd done it multiple times before. And like, I, I discredited the prior startup experiences, especially if it, the company didn't succeed. And I was like, I have a product, I have clients, I have product market fit, and you're still not investing in me, but yet you're investing in them. And now, nine years into it, I know why. <laughs> because there are so many mistakes I made along the way that now I would avoid the next time around. And so I to any young entrepreneur, don't get angry at people <laughs> putting a lot of emphasis and credit on like second and third time entrepreneurs. Like there is a lot to be said for just paying your dues and going through it, trudging through the mud and like it will make you a better entrepreneur and business person the next time around. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really good feedback. I think for anybody who's, who's listening, no matter what stage they're in. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. I guess the other thing that I was curious about is when you went through that process of, of trying to find product market fit in your journey over nine years, what would you say is the single biggest mistake that you made? Ooh. Early on, shiny object, object syndrome for, for sure. Uh, if, you, if you look hard enough on the internet, I think somewhere there's still a Relink promo video that we made for trying to sell Relink to RV dealerships. Um, very shiny object, not an opportunity that we should have pursued. And like we put money and resources and time and energy and all this stuff into it. And no, stay focused, stay tried and true to where you're going and what you're pursuing because you you only have so many hours in a day. You only have so much money in the bank and like making sure that now the way I I talk about it is like what what are the sparks? Like what is working? What are you good at? Once something is sparking, pour gasoline on it. Don't don't have a bunch of sparks. You want fires. You want roaring fires that are and producing energy and glowing and producing all these amazing results for you. Like I, along the journey, we tried, we tried to have too many sparks without, hold on, we've got something that's poor gasoline on this. So we, we definitely probably let some fires go out that otherwise could have been rolling by now. So what was your framework for overcoming shiny object syndrome then? Yeah. Really, a couple fold. One, 
I'm tired. <laughs> um, pursuing the shiny objects is exhausting. And so like you, you learn over time where you need to pour your energy. And um, I had a lot more energy nine years ago to be, to be poured into those other things. But no, it, um, th- there's that element to just growing up as a business leader and understanding like where your company needs to focus their time, energy, and resources. But um, the other element to it, like I said, when we partnered with Susquehanna, bringing in a very large partner, they've they've been there, done that in terms of taking companies from where we were to where we want to go. And uh, they they have been an incredible partner for us to help align the focus and align the energy, align our investments and do so in a very grown-up company way, having very defined budgets, forecasts, models, projections. It makes you think, pause and think very strategically about what you're doing, why you're doing it, and all is it aligned to all of these different goals and uh, things like that. So um, yeah, there's there's definitely that element of just growing up and having focused prioritization. And our team has also grown. We we now have other senior leaders besides my co-founder and myself. And so we have other voices weighing in to help rein us in. So yeah, many things. Yep. Well, good for you, man. I mean, uh, that, those are some of the biggest challenges and, and thanks for sharing that because uh, it's, you're right. There's a lot of noise right now. So it's kind of cutting through that and there's a lot of opportunity, but like you're saying, no matter what stage you always run up against, time barriers, energy barriers, and money barriers, right? In terms of how much you can pursue and what to pursue. So uh, I think that's sage advice. What would you say is, is right now, let's, let's flip it. So, you know, you've, you went from the struggle, uh, the challenge, the pain, um, and, and let's, let's shift a little bit. So what would you say is the single best thing that you've done that's led to your company growing? Mm. I know I'm not the only entrepreneur on this one, but the best thing we've done is hired seasoned expertise. Uh, When we really hit that growth inflection in 2020, now, hindsight, my co-founder and I realize when we needed to grow our team really quickly, we hired a lot of green employees. They were, they were easy people to hire. Um, there's, there's a stream of college graduates and young employees that are a couple years into a job and looking for what's next. And they're a lot easier to hire than a 10, 15-year seasoned person that's in a role and you have to try to pull them from that role to your company. And so we hired a lot of young talent and that caught up to us very quickly. And mm-hmm. thankfully, we again, had really good partners that helped open our eyes to it and helped us really build out this strategy to build out a really robust leadership team, uh, org structures with leadership layers and things like that. And that putting that leadership layer in place and prioritizing seasoned expertise who have, again, been there, done that, and bring that to our company, that has been the single best thing we've done. I, I mean, I, I feel like it not only has it taken work off of my plate and gotten me out of the weeds of financial reporting and just other things. But 
they then can go and build their org and have the meetings to see how this is interacting with this other team on this go-to-market initiative and all those things. So it, that layer was the single most important thing and the best thing we've done. Awesome, man. Yeah, I can see it's just, even when I've done this personally and, and I've offloaded chunks of what I'm doing and then you actually have space to think, right? So been very diligent in terms of trying to like bucket my days in terms of functional focus and then at the same time be hyper intentional with like even the little things like how many times you check your email to shutting off alert all the all the like temporary distractions as well outside of the big distractions if that makes sense so yep i'm still working on that one i am an annoyingly notification zero guy clear all the notifications on my phone and i i need to I need to segment a little more on that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Um, for me, I'm easier with that. Like my, my wife's that like that she's got to have all her emails cleared out and everything like that. I'm pretty good with emails, but like text, she's like, how could you survive with this many unread messages? And like, eh, if it was important, they'll come back. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And some of them, that's more on the personal side stuff. So and then a lot of it's just crap, right. You know, you, you set up filters and things like that to fit figure it out, but I digress. So we're just about up on time, but one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, you know, where do you see, where do you see the future of tech going right now in the next three to five years? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time. There's, there's a lot of unknowns. I think uh, Salesforce might've just been quoted in an article or dropped an article today where like they have no idea what 2023 is going to bring. <laughs> and it, it was really this kind of, hey, we're all in this together. There's a lot of turmoil, a lot of unknowns right now. Um, we're, we're seeing that in conversations across the Susquehanna portfolio. Like, we don't know what's ahead. And uh, um, personally, I think my, my take on it, I think we're going to see some consolidation, some forced consolidation in the market just based off of market conditions and things like that, but also some strategic consolidation. I feel like there, we went through a period of just hyper growth of like number of companies hitting the market, being invested in finding success. And there are a lot of disparate, what I would call sharp tools in the industry. And there are fewer toolboxes. And I, I feel like we'll see some consolidation, some continued uh, consolidation of those tools rolling up into the toolboxes and, and things like that. And instead of there being 15 different players for this one solution in the space, we'll see five emerge as the, the leaders in the space and things like that. I, I think it'll be kind of forced for from many different angles economically and just strategically and things like that buyers getting a lot more strategic about how they're buying technology and software and whatnot but um yeah it'll be it'll be an interesting time i i'm excited to be in it i'm excited about what's ahead i i am pretty bullish around continued growth for the people that have that product market fit have good uh, retention, good uh, client relationships, and things like that. I think it'll be it'll continue to be pretty good. So, excellent, ma'am. Well, we are up on time. So, where can people find you? Where can they find more about you? And we'll take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, Reallink, R-E-A-L-Y-N-C.com can learn more about the business, our journey. We 
Uh, we've got a lot of videos. Uh, like I said, if you look hard enough, you may even see an RV sales video somewhere on the interwebs. But um, yeah, we, like I said, we're very in person as well. So if there are other prop tech founders at conferences and things like that, uh, we like to make the rounds and always, always excited to just uh, commiserate, uh, learn, grow and network and all that. Excellent, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show and it was, I really appreciate your candor in terms of the, uh, the challenges versus just the, yeah, everything was easy approach, you know, that, that you hear so much in the media. So thanks for being candid and sharing your journey. Cause I'm sure that'll make a big impact on, uh, one of our listeners lives. So, uh, appreciate you having me on the show. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Thank you for checking out the scale up show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.